Hey mamas, and welcome to the Entering Motherhood podcast. This is your one-stop, go-to place for getting you from feeling drained, exhausted, and unfulfilled in motherhood to feeling more energized, organized, and accomplished. That's the vision I continue to navigate towards, and that's the vision we are sharing with you, focusing on holistic alternatives and restructuring your mind, body, and soul from the inside out. I'm your host, Sarah Marie Bilger, a wife, mom of two, mechanical engineer, VBAC mom, and doula, serving mamas through pregnancy, birth, and postpartum. If you're here for this, if you're as pumped up as I am and searching for that fire that you know is deep inside of you, then let's go. Let's uncover what it truly means to enter motherhood. You are a rock star. I believe in you. Let's doula this. Let's crank it up a notch and let's kick it into high gear together. Hey mamas, how are you? I am super excited to share this episode with you today. We are speaking with Meredith Bruth. And if you are struggling or simply just looking for a more holistic way to find solutions to help both you and your baby or young child get more sleep and even just honestly getting nap routines in place and really kind of focusing on sleep for your family, then this episode is for you. Meredith is breaking down her methods and really opening up about how she has been helping moms and babies and families for years and what she has learned from her own personal experience as being a mom and then helping out with daycare and also now even coaching others to be sleep coaches as well. And so she is honestly just so knowledgeable about all things sleep and I am super excited to share her knowledge with you and allow you to connect with her and get to know her better to see if she can help you along your journey and even take away information immediately right now from this episode for free, which is something that I hope to do and just get resources to you right now that are so valuable that you can take away. So enjoy this episode. Hello and welcome to Entering Motherhood. I am so happy to have you here today and get this conversation started. So why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself for the listeners? Sure. So my name is Meredith Bruff and I'm a sleep coach for uh, moms of young babies and toddlers and children that don't sleep well. And I've been doing this full time for about six years. And before that, I did it part time for 15 years in a daycare. And that's where I realized I had a gift. I'm also a mom of five children and a grandma of an almost one-year-old, which I'm super excited. He's so cute. (laughs) And um, I also run a sleep coach training program and mentor sleep coaches, which is so much fun. I really love that side of my work. Awesome. So you said that you have been doing this full-time for six years. You did a part-time for 15 years. When did you enter motherhood? At what stage in all of this um, did you first become a mom? Yeah, so my oldest is 23 and he 
is the one who's a daddy and he was actually a kind of a tough baby you know he was super cute and fun I adored being a mama the first time around but I had so many challenges with him and actually he's the one kid who would keep me up at night and nobody else could help he was completely a mama's boy and I'm the only one who could get him to sleep so I I definitely had an experience with him you know like I understand how other moms feel and what they go through but he's the one that inspired me to make some changes because when I got pregnant the second time I was super freaked out and I decided I've got to figure out the sleep thing because I cannot be up all night with two kids and so it's my second child who's 21 that really started me in that that world of learning and experimenting and it was my kids I experimented on before my daycare kids so I don't know that was kind of a long answer (laughs) yeah yeah so you were using what you were learning as a mother yourself to help at the daycare then and so what was that kind of looking like when you started to implement when what you were learning with your own children to other children well I have to start out by saying that I was taking care of easy kids and I didn't know that I just thought I had all this talent because <laughs> um, honestly I read one book and the practices and the solutions worked really well for my daughter she was sleeping 12 hours at two months old and it was such a life-changing experience for me that that's why I started helping other people it was like oh my gosh this is amazing I can totally be a mom I can totally do it all my kid's predictable and she's always sleeping. <laughs> um, I feel great, you know, that sort of thing. Um, so I actually had an in-home daycare. So kids were coming to me and that actually started with my first. So he was a baby when I started watching other babies. So it was just natural to implement the things that I was already doing with these other kids that were in my home. It made life easier on me. I wanted to get them on a schedule. I wanted them to sleep well. And so I just transferred this, you know, knowledge and ability over to these other kids naturally I wasn't really thinking about it I would get them sleeping for eight hours in about four days it took four days in my house and then didn't teach the parents anything they I would just send them home and then four days later they'd be sleeping eight hours at night no matter if they were two months they were twins they're eight months if they're one it was pretty cool it was actually really exciting yeah I think like the biggest thing is like when we're getting our babies to sleep through the night and you know like we finally I know that you know like you can kind of talk about this a little bit too but like obviously in the beginning there is no sleeping through the night there isn't you know that time period but there is a point where it is possible and maybe it's after people are asking the oh is the baby sleeping through the night and things like that but Um, there does come a time and I think the main thing that is like occurring and what we're like seeking for is really feeling you know more refreshed and more you know rejuvenated and and just really able to get that sleep that we need (laughs) and that the baby needs too it's very you know beneficial for them as well so what can you kind of tell us or uh, help us with being able to get to that point that you said, like you were getting all of these babies that were staying with you to sleep through the night. Well, if you don't mind, I just want to go off track a little bit because one of the things that's really hard on parents and and I work with parents who have really challenging kiddos. They're spirited, they're highly sensitive. They're not the easygoing ones. If I'm, if people are 
raising easy children, then this is all going to make sense to the things that you just said. But for other people, their kids are actually going to sleep well later. There's two types of babies or self-soothers are naturally going to just learn these things. And some of them will sleep well on their own. Others will just need a little bit of a, a push. And then other babies are signalers. And they're the ones who are super dependent on mom, super um, opposed to independence, not interested in that at all. You know, like I am on you. I am with you. I'm going to sleep on you, that sort of stuff. That's really hard. For those parents because they're going to have to wait longer they're going to be responding more it's not bad habits to get up with them it's not bad habits to respond they feel like it is because all these people with easy babies are telling them oh well you're creating bad habits when they're just trying to survive so i hope you don't mind me going off a uh, topic a little with that i just want to help those parents out there understand yeah screwed up it's not their fault it's their child's nature. And so that's a big thing that I focus on. Um, if you go on my website, you can take a test to find out what type of child you have, whether they're a self-soother or a signaler. Most parents will probably know there is kind of an in-between type too. So yeah, that's that's just a side note. Because I don't want people to think, well, my kid should have slept through the night at two months old, or my kid should have slept through the night at four or six months old, if I would have just done the stuff sooner. Because some of these kids are one or two or three when they're finally sleeping through the night, but their parents are doing everything right. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you're just not going to hear that from many people. That's, that's my belief and it's important, but there are things that parents can do from an early time that will improve sleep, you know, help the child sleep as well as they're capable of. And that's what I try to do. That's what I try to help parents with. You don't have to wait till they're two, three, four, six months old. You don't have to wait. If you just are very focused on their cues, so we're understanding when baby's really tired, but we're looking for early signs, that's huge. A lot of my clients' kids are spirited, very active. They have fear of missing out. They have no interest in sleep. People are telling them, you might have to wake your baby to feed them. You might have to wake your baby because they're napping too long. And they're like, uh-uh, my baby won't even sleep. So this is huge for those parents. They want to look for the earliest signs of sleep. And that could be the first week. That could be the second week. We we don't want to wait to figure this stuff out. Waking a baby in the morning is huge. That helps them not get days and nights mixed up. Um, like, I'm going to wake my child around 7 or 8 every morning. That just shapes everything. It's really, really big. So those are good places to start. And then just giving yourself credit that, you know, it's a dance, it's a game, and it takes so much time and effort to figure out your baby, what they need, what their cries mean, what their cries sound like, different, you know, situations. And just be be kind to yourself, give yourself grace and know that you're not supposed to be good at this. You're not supposed to have it all figured out fast. That's totally trash. That's not true, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can you go back to, so you said, wake your baby up in the morning. I feel like I've always heard like, don't wake a sleeping baby. What is kind of um, the reasoning with that? And what are you seeing with, uh, I know you said like to, you know, not confuse like day and night, but when, I mean, like, is there a certain age that they're at that we're doing that or that's Can you just explain it a little more? Yeah. No, I think that really parents should just survive that first month. So as much as I say, you don't have to wait to do things. Most first time parents, 
that's the last thing on your mind to think about how to make sleep better because you're still you know two three months into it just trying to figure out your baby and maybe going back to work soon and that's all you could think about so honestly this is different for everyone I do have people who come back to me for their second child and say I know my baby's only two weeks old but I want to start this now so I'm just saying it's possible and it's okay to do that but typically I tell people just survive that first month don't even worry about it and then maybe you know, a month in, you're starting to function a little better, you're feeling like you maybe have a little energy and you really want to sleep better. So this is motivating. That's a good time to just start a little bit of routine. So waking your baby up in the morning at a time that works for you just really shapes their um, circadian rhythm. That can start to, to work and uh, be a present factor around two or three months old. And so we don't have to, you know, just most people will wing it, you know, every day is different, but having uh, the child wake up within about a half an hour of the same time every day can just help you get a, a similar bedtime. It can help the nap start to fall into place around the same time every day. And then before you know it, you know, they're, they're being exposed to sunlight in the morning. You're going on walks. There's shades being drawn at night. All of a sudden, their body is just regulated and and knows what to expect, and they're going to sleep better that way. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, completely. I think, yeah, I think it's just like like learning, you know, your own baby and figuring out like what's going on with them and what works for you best. So yeah. you know, I think that there's a lot of different methods out there. There's a lot of different right. you know articles that you can read. There's a lot of different tips and tactics and and things like that when it comes to sleep but when you're working with parents what really sets you apart and what do you enjoy the most really with your method and the way that you go about doing things that's a great question there are so many ways and none of them are wrong or bad and it really does come down to like your parenting style and who you mesh with i'm very strongly opinionated about making sure that we support babies well-being and development and there's there's not a lot of education out there around this and what is really going to help them thrive so that's probably my favorite part of my work is just really educating parents on you know being reactive and responsive and intuitive and in tune and connected with your baby is actually the best way to support them and how they're going to develop in every way even physically but mentally emotionally all the things and so all of the support parents give to their baby it's not spoiling it's not ruining things. It's not creating bad habits. It's actually helping them thrive. And that's one of the most liberating things to hear when you're in the thick of it and your baby's not sleeping well and you feel like a failure or you feel like you screwed up just to hear this. I make a lot of people cry. That's all I got to say. <laughs> I also really love teaching about regressions and what's going on with development because I work with so many parents of sensitive kids. Those kids are different. Like I listened to one of your episodes just talking about like noise and you know this this belief that if you're noisy you'll, you'll um what do you call it you know basically train your child to sleep through noise right but that's not true for a lot of babies who are sensitive they can't sleep through noise and so parents whether they like it or not are tiptoeing around or they're holding their baby while they sleep because that's the only way to extend the nap right so anyways I just think it's important to realize that you're not doing things wrong that you're actually the perfect parent for your child and all the instinctive intuitive ways you're reacting are beautiful and perfect 
but I know that we get to a point where it's not um, easy. You know, we're not sleeping and we want things to get better. So what I offer parents is ways to stay in tune, keep listening to your intuition your, and um, your instincts, but foster independence. Let's get these little ones okay with their bassinet or their crib. Let's get them to feel more secure. And so a lot of folks on security, being responsive actually helps these little ones trust their parents and not be anxious and not wake up crying. They sleep deeper, more soundly. It's really cool. So I have these methods that are tear-free and the reason they're tear-free isn't because I'm like scared of tears or that it's unnatural for babies to cry. That's, that's not true. I mean, I am a mom of five and I ran a daycare, so I know babies cry, but um, I developed these methods for kids who weren't responding to any type of any type of crying like I would let them cry for 30 seconds or a minute and it just never went anywhere and so I started to try different things and realized that if we didn't have crying and if they were happy they responded better and so we're very slow moving like making subtle changes because these kids are really smart and they figure things out we want to kind of trick them into doing things um and after developing eight of these methods I realized there's no need for crying. You actually don't have to cry to learn sleep methods or sleep um, habits or self-soothing as they call it. Um, so that's really exciting. I have a school and some of my students will say to me, these are the best methods. Nobody needs anything else. Like this works so well. Why doesn't, why aren't more people using them? It's hard to get the word out there. So I don't know if that answers your question, but <laughs> the long spiel and I'm obviously very excited about what I do and what I teach. It works really well, but it's yeah. very holistic principles. That's like the first, the foundational part is let's take advantage of nature and let's make sure we've checked every box. And um, I think I heard someone else that you interviewed say that we want to eliminate all of the the different factors that could affect sleep. For me, I call that checking every box so that we don't leave any stone unturned. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What do you think is what, like of your methods, like, what do you think is one of the ones that's like the most shocking that people are like, I've never heard about this or like, maybe it's something that like instinctual, but like, we don't really think of it as a way that's helping. Yeah. So first of all, I think it's good you brought up that word because most of my methods are intuitive or instinctive. Like I actually need you to be in tune your child. I need you to pay attention to them and what they're doing and tell me about them. I want to know them really, really well. I want to know how they respond to certain things. And so temperament is a huge focus of mine. Uh, I left that out, but it's really important because we can't treat babies like they're the same at all. And um, so, yeah, my clients fill out a quiz and, and I look at every detail of what, what's going on in baby's life. But parents actually learn my methods and then they don't follow it like a textbook. They can change things. They can follow their own way. I think the, the surprising method that I have actually teaches very active babies, drowsy but awake. And that's may not register for you. Like, why is that weird? Well, most people who have a very active baby can't do that. It's impossible. And so they get really frustrated when people say, oh, just do drowsy but awake. It's super impossible because these babies have fear of missing out. They don't want to sleep. Basically, you have to be coerced to sleep. Um, and they have really short sleep windows. Um, and they get really, really clingy when they're tired. They just want mom to hold them or they want to feed to sleep. 
And so I have this method that parents use and it can take a week or two up to a month where they are moving in baby steps, just trying to acclimate, acclimate baby to the crib. And we have different phases of getting them more and more tired over those weeks so that it works in the end. And it's really beautiful because you're, you're trying to help the child know they're not pushed. They're actually like, oh, okay, I'm going to cooperate because you're being so gentle on me and things aren't changing overnight. It's so different from what other people teach because other people don't always take into account baby's reaction or how baby feels or how to get baby to cooperate. They're just kind of like, this works for parents, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's funny that you say that. Like, I think with our son, he has to be almost completely passed out before we transition into the crib because he does sort of have that, like, he's very alert, like very awake, like he wants to be a part of the party. And while he will like wave goodnight and say like, all right, I'm ready to go up and be like super ready for bed. But like, he'll want to read a whole bunch of books. Like he'll keep bringing like more books over and things like that. Um, and then he still is like, he needs to like have his binky and like be held and, and everything. And then like, it gets to a point where he's finally like, okay, like very content and like, okay to go in. But like that transition of like going into the crib, it's like walking on eggshells sometimes. Like you really have to make sure like you're dropping him in and like, don't look back and like, I'll just... <laughs> Hey there. And it's like, if you make eye contact and he like opens up one little eye, like you have to start all over again. Yeah. And, and so some of them will just <laughs> pop up. Like I had a five minute nap. I'm ready to boom. It's yeah. terrible. Like, I, mean, I, I don't think he realizes. So <laughs> I don't think he realizes that it has only been a few minutes. Like he is like, Oh, I slept. Okay. I'm up. And so like, what can you kind of say to that? Like, transition like going from like oh my baby only sleeps on me or like you know we're taking naps like on them and like it's that that movement that transition into like the bassinet or the crib or wherever um they're laying down yeah well I I focus heavily on helping baby love their crib a lot of these babies they're okay like maybe going in there awake and playing for a minute or something some of them hate it they hate being confined they hate going in there um but it's I guess the goal is really let's get them to fall asleep from awake to to you know so that they aren't having to be transitioned so that's my main goal after helping them love their crib is we actually need to make this happen. So some of the problems people run into, I don't know if you've ever tried it, but if you were to have him half asleep and put him in the crib, he would wake up all the way and either cry really hard or he'd just be ready to go play again, right? So that's why drowsy but awake is so hard for very active babies. So it's I feel like this method I have is is a miracle. And I actually prayed really hard before I created it. And so I feel like God gave it to me. <laughs> And yeah, but, but just a side note is, um, babies can be really unpredictable and challenging. And so between me and the parents, we have to get really creative sometimes. And I think that feels good to hear too, for some parents, because it's not just, I have a lot of experience. I've done this for six years, worked with over a thousand kids and I still have to get creative and I still have to problem solve and I sometimes get nervous <laughs> when I hear how challenging a child is yeah. and nervous for the parent. So I just want people to know that 
you know, some, sometimes you hear it's very simple and, and then it doesn't work and that's discouraging and you try all the things and nothing works and then you give up. And sometimes parents just blame themselves. I'm, I do it wrong, you know? So I just like to help parents feel better about how challenging it can be. Yeah. What tips do you have on, you know, like easing that challenge or coming more at peace with it or, or really kind of um, settling into the whole process? Well, I think you just, number one, need to be in tune with your child and meeting their needs. Like that is obviously important in all aspects, but even with sleep where you feel pressured, you want to fix things or maybe it's it's that other people are judging you and, and you want sleep to be better because of that. That's a real problem. Um, just being in tune with your child and where they're at is, is perfect because sometimes parents will see signs that their kid's ready. Like someone today I just talked to said that dad just for the first time got his son to sleep in the last week. And that was exciting. And mom just last night was able to bounce her child and get him to sleep without nursing. And that was the first time. And I was like, Hey, that's what you want. When you see signs like that, or maybe a child's pushing you away and wanting space, they want to go into their crib or they just don't want to cuddle when they're tired. Those are great green flags for moving forward. And so if it's okay to wait a little bit and see that sort of thing, and then go ahead and work on sleep, because then you're going to feel more motivated and excited getting more connected and at peace oh my gosh that's a that's a process especially if it's been months of being a mother because by that time you've already heard so much messaging about how things are supposed to be or maybe you've tried so many different things so I think the first thing you need to do is like really evaluate what you're thinking maybe write it out and and think does any of this not feel right am I not aligned with these things that I've been hearing or maybe things I've tried okay, what am I going to just like get rid of and stop thinking that way and stop reading that and stop believing that. Um, I think it helps to have a mentor to help you do that. I do that a lot. I help people kind of get rid of those messages that don't align with us um, and with what feels right. Surround yourself with people that really support you and have your best interest in mind, like a hundred percent. I'm thinking about a doula. I'm thinking about a sleep coach. I'm thinking about a mother that's very loving and kind, a friend who's very sweet because often we are surrounded by friends or colleagues who are like their kids easy and they're like what's wrong with you why haven't you figured this out yet or why aren't you sleep training yet you know and people are like but that doesn't feel right to me um you need to make sure that the people you listen to and get advice from are really aligned with you and care about you and respect you you know so that that's one way to find that peace if you feel like you're not good enough or you're failing you're being hard on yourself sit down and think of all the wonderful things you've done all the wonderful ways you're providing care for your child, all the great things you've done and just give yourself credit. Honestly, I think that the more we can think about those things, the more at peace we'll be with what we're doing. Yeah, I love that. Do you have any other advice or tips um, to really help a mom who's, who's, you know, listening to this and maybe struggling with sleep or just feeling like they're, they're trying to find all the answers and nothing's quite working. Well, I think it's important for you to try all the holistic things. Like we said earlier, do them like that's just going to work. It just may not work right away. Um, reach out to me and ask for a sleep disorder survey. That's huge. A lot of babies have underlying conditions or reasons they're not sleeping well. And how nice would that be to just like go through a survey real quick and find out if there's something I can point you in the right direction to who to get help from. Um, and 
from there, listen to your heart and your instincts because you're going to think of creative ways. It's amazing to me. Even my students will come up with their own methods. I'm like, how could there still be more solutions out there? This is crazy. But you can listen to your heart and your in your own ideas and try different things because you're the expert on your child. You already have that gift of intuition and you don't have to do things the way other people have done them. I hope that, I hope that's helpful. No. Yeah. I think it's like really important to understand that like you can do things differently and you can even, you know, take what you learn and tweak it to be more aligned with you. And I think that's something that I try to, you know, let moms understand and know because it's super important to be able to feel like you're doing what you want to do and what feels right to you. And that um, you can get that confidence to understand, you know, you don't have to be doing things like some of your friends are doing or some of like your family's doing or ways that you were taught and things like that. And so like really finding that community and finding those connections with people that are allowing you to do the things that you feel most aligned with, I think is super important. So yeah, especially if it's your doctor or pediatrician who's telling you something that doesn't feel right. Do not be afraid to switch doctors. I think that's important because young moms don't realize that these are, these are trained professionals, but they're not necessarily trained with sleep. They're not necessarily trained with taking care of a child and they're probably using their personal experience and that may Mm -hmm. not be your same parenting style. Yeah. Awesome. Well, where can we reach you? Where can we get in contact with you? What kind of things do you have going on right now that you can let us know about? Sure. So my website, my Instagram, my Facebook, it's all sweet slumber time. My business is called sweet slumber, but remember sweet slumber time for uh, looking me up. And, you know, I really love sharing my quiz, the one about signalers and self-soothers. I think that that's, that's the most important place to start so that you can know if your child is, you know, maybe they're young and you really want to improve their sleep early and it's time to just dive in and there's no reason to hold back. Then finding out you have a self-soother might be motivating, but maybe you just have that feeling that your child just needs more time and patience Then finding out you have a signaler is really thrilling too. So, but uh, I, I do support families. I love working with families with uh, coaching, but I also spend probably three fourths of my time teaching students and coaching and mash, um, sorry, uh, mentoring sleep consultants and sleep coaches. So I have a quiz for people who are thinking of going into any type of coaching. That is really exciting too. And I'll make sure that's on my website as well. Um, it's just a way of finding out if you're a good fit for becoming a coach, not just a sleep coach, any type of coach, because it's a really wonderful line of work. And I like to share that too. But if you are interested in working with me, just go to my website and look up services and there's a contact form on there too. Awesome. Thank you. This has been great. Thank you. I really enjoyed talking to you. Thank you mamas so much for listening. Remember you are a rock star. I believe in you. Let's do this. Let's crank it up a notch and let's kick it into high gear together. Hit that subscribe button, share this episode with a friend, message me, email me, call me, beat me. You know how to reach me. We're doing this mamas. I am so excited to catch you here next week. This is your one-stop go-to place for helping you find the resources you need to make the best choices for you and your family during pregnancy, birth, and most importantly, postpartum. See you later, mamas.